Hi, everybody. Welcome to Homemade Family on Insight Now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are all on top We're of things on top today. Of it. I'm like, get your smile on. Are we ready? <laughs> We're ready. Today We're totally ready. is a Friday, <laughs> and we are going to be talking about sibling relationships. Before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that you can catch our podcast on any of the podcast platforms, but you will need to search for Insight Now and then uh, look for the Kingdom Family Insights. Um, also, hello, Tracy McGraw. Good to see you on here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, you can join us on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Homemade Family on YouTube, or you can also find us on our website at www.thehomemadefamily.com. If you haven't checked it out over there, I would uh, suggest you do. We have a store where we have a couple of books and resources for sale there. And um, we're also on our Facebook, on our individual pages and our, and our uh, Homemade Family page. So with all of that out of the way, Let's talk about sibling relationships. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Want to fight about it? <laughs> <laughs> so um, kids bicker and fight. It is just a normal part of life because everybody is human and we all have different personalities and all that kind of stuff. But do you ever wonder what you can do to help build better connection and more loving relationships to help bring peace to your home? I know I do because... Ugh, sometimes it gets a little tiring, right? Yes. So we had some friends over. Actually, we were having, I think, kind of a business meeting. We had several groups of families over and our kids were outside playing and they were getting along so great. It was fun just listening to them laugh and play and whatever. And um, these parents of their own children, they said, man, you guys as kids just get along so well. And then it was like right on cue. We hear a whack and a whack. <laughs> We're like, yeah, they do. Actually, our kids really do get along very well. Um, that was not the only family to say that. We've we've had a lot of people say that to us. It was just hilarious, though, the, the timing. timing of it. <laughs> They've been like in awe at our kids. And then the next thing you know, the fight breaks out. But what do we do? What do we do? Well, today we are going to talk about um, some some of the strong foundational stones that we've laid in our family and that you can lay also. Um, but we're also going to share just some super practical things that uh, are really great for building that connection and relationship also. So with yes. that, Nathaniel, tell us about some foundation stones. I will tell you about some foundation stones. And, uh, and in telling you about them, I'm also saying like, hey, you're going to have to tell your kids that these are the foundation stones <laughs> that you're building on. Like you're going to have to have a vision and then cast a vision. Um, this is kind of basic leadership, but um, I, I don't know if you realize when you became a parent, you signed up to be a leader um, because part of raising kids means you've got to actually like lead them somewhere. Um so I apologize to the majority of the population that is like leadership and me are oil and water. I don't want to lead. I don't want to, I don't want to tell people what to do. I like, so hopefully some of these tips that we give you today can make this easier. So you can see how you're actually serving your kids and, and we get over the stigma of leadership. Um, but 
part of what this looks like is you're going to have to tell your kids, this is where we're going. And one of the things that we tell our kids is family is forever. Um, like there's so many times where they want to put this before family or this before their siblings or do this first or prefer those people over there. Um, or it's, Hey, this is my one time a week when I get to see my friends. I don't want my younger siblings around and then they're feeling rejected and hurt feelings and all kinds of stuff. And, and we, we sit down with them and we're like, you know, these friend relationships feel so deeply important right now. And they are genuinely, they are important. However, and we'll tell stories just based on our own life. Like we, we neither Amy or I, I, I don't know. And most of the people we know, I, I don't know very many people who have literally lifelong friendships that they've got childhood friendships. They have young adult friendships that, and some of those friendships maybe have kind of gone on over time, but, but nothing of those is going to compare to siblings. Like God put you in the same family and nothing is going to change that family is forever. Um, but it's only going to be something you want to be part of forever if you do the work of making it that. And you have the opportunity, so why not take advantage of it? Um, so we just we we make sure that we state that vision to them. Family is forever. Family is forever. Family is forever. And um, and then try to make sure we spin it so it doesn't sound like a prison sentence. Um, <laughs> right. You're gonna be so cute forever. You know, and and we model it too with our own siblings, with other family relationships that we have. Like, hey, yeah. look, these people come and go, but we're still family, and so you know, we can have good relationships as we go and grow. And these people are going to be your best friends for, for your whole life. They'll be right. there for you. So. Yep. Yep. So, so but that lays the foundation. Literally state that <laughs> and sometimes draw the connections for them because they might yeah. not always catch it or see it. But yeah, okay. exactly. Next one. There's a lot of things that even as adults were like, this is really obvious, but it's not when you're three or eight. Um, so that's kind of foundation. So number one, number one is, State the vision, keep it in front of them. Family is forever. Um, foundation stone number two is having a common pursuit. Um, I don't know if you realize this about relationships, but there's there's this relationship principle that just simply like the the fact of relationships is they have ha they ugh, they have to happen in context. They're a relationship, like they need something to sail on, <laughs> you know, they're not just sitting there in dry dock doing nothing. Um, and so a, a context for relationship is a common pursuit, something you're going after together, something that causes you to come together. I remember um, when I was, when I was a kid, it seemed like I'd get into a play, it'd be a church play or whatever. I was doing a, some sort of drama thing. And in the the weeks and months that I was in this play, like you'd get so close to the people you're in that play with and then the thing would end and all of a sudden you're like, hey, what happened? Like we used to be so close and now I don't feel as close to you. What was the what was the difference? And the difference was we no longer had a common pursuit that was keeping us on a journey together. And so a lot of what we need to do as parents in trying to build connection for, with, between our kids is to keep them on a common pursuit. And that doesn't have to be some big, profound, world-changing thing. Um, in fact, some of the things that we do 
are just simple traditions or things that we do regularly that then everybody can look forward to and enjoy and it brings you together. Like for example, I think we've mentioned this a number of times in these afternoons is we do a weekly pizza and movie night every Friday night. We're having it tonight. It's Isaac's turn to pick the movie. Um, and I don't know what he's picking yet. We'll all find out later. Um, a lot of times the kids like to keep it secret. I don't know. It's like, I'm going to keep this secret until it's too late for everybody else to give me their opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's a lot of what goes on with that. But, um, but they, uh, but like we, we just do this once a week. And the thing about the movie night for us is first of all, it's fun, right? It's fun. It's not something that we're dragging our kids to. It's something they want to do. So it's fun, but it's also then a way for us to help our kids process the entertainment they're feeding themselves. Um, anytime that we watch a movie, especially if it kind of stretches their, their boundaries a little bit, if it's uh, a little bit more violent than they're used to, or if it's um, more mature themes than they're used to, or maybe not all completely representing the values that we want to raise them with, um, then we'll, we'll have conversations afterwards and say, well, what did you think about this? Or how did this land for you? Or, you know, how would you interpret this? And we just help them find the meat and the, leave out the bones. And, and we, we actually guide them through that process. So it's first, it's fun, but it also helps us disciple them through mindset training. Um, it obviously it's time together, but one of the most one of the best parts about it is it actually kind of gives us our own common language that's semi-private, semi-unique common language of movie quotes, movie references, um, different things like that. That then it it just it keeps conversation and connection happening more than just those Friday nights. It, it keeps us connecting through those things um, throughout the rest of the week. Like for example, um, it births creative conversations like, Hey, what, what would you, what do you think if would happen if so-and-so fought so-and-so like if Bowser from the Mario video game fought Captain America, what would happen? You know, or it'll be like, what if you put Iron Man into the Lord of the Rings universe? How, what would he do? You know, and different things like that. And anyway, it's, it's totally a geek side of things for us, but it, it does bring connection. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised how much connection it brings. It actually is really nice just to have that simple, like, I know what's for dinner on Friday night, and it's been a long week, and we're tired, and we can just hang out. But then it just keeps feeding and growing and building all week. And it, it's like, and it adds comedy to the home too, laughter, which is also just another really great connection piece, right. because, you know, somebody else say something, and somebody else jumps into this quote, and then it just turns into this, like, funny moment and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, music is also a really great, another really great common pursuit. And we have music on a number of levels. One would be, you know, that all my kids are learning piano or drums and they're beginning to join the worship team at church. And again, that's the common pursuit. But the, the music that I'm talking about, too, is just like we play music all the time and my kids have such an appreciation now for music and we do it for drive time, like on road trips. I actually have a d drive time theme. Um, or a drive time um, playlist. playlist. Thank you. And we used to do like when our kids were younger, it was like Veggie Tales, and then Veggie Tales actually kind of became the common language. The Veggie Tales songs, and you know, the and silly songs, <laughs> the silly songs, silly songs with Larry. 
um, became like the common language that we spoke or the common pursuit. And it just added so much life and so much togetherness. But um, now our kids are like branching off and they're kind of discovering their own kind of music that the latest is um, sea shanties. Sea shanties. And it's a TikTok thing, which none of us are on TikTok, <laughs> but some of our kids' friends are on TikTok and they got into yeah, they these sea shanty things to and it. they're actually like really good vocal They things. are. And then it turns into like our kids will spontaneously start singing and then they sing together and they're working on harmonies or, you know, around Christmas time, they're, they're singing the Christmas carols and they're working on learning how to do rounds or the VBS songs. Even that, they'll like burst out in song. They're like all doing the actions, you know, singing the song faster and faster. And so for our family, like this common pursuit of music it's so simple and yet wow. it adds so much life and wow. fun and as they're discovering new songs and dragging each other into it it just it's so powerful and and i just love like the music and the life that that brings you know i i just I just said today, even I said, I wish I could just sit up a little recorder in the corner of my kitchen, because at lunchtime, there's almost always five to six different songs being sung, like everybody comes in singing their own song. And it's like just the joy of their heart and the language of their heart. But then it yeah. adds this momentum of life and connection and things that they do together that um, build relationship, cause a lot of laughter, are really fun to do. And then the discovery of new songs and playing it over and over and learning it and growing it. So anyway, Common Pursuit does not have to be big world changing things. You know, I, I know families who, you know, football is really their thing and they're trying to, or baseball and they're trying to go to every stadium around the U S or, you know, um, NASCAR and whatever, you'll find that whatever your family pursues together, that that'll just bring a connection and good relationship, a place where you can really get along and not have striving. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, any positive here, here's kind of the science of it because there is science in this that we're trying to create good memories around the time that we're together so that when they think of their siblings, it's a positive thought and there's good emotions and happiness and joy and life in this connection. Like when I think of you, I think I want that. Yeah. And um, versus there being a negative association, like, man, every time I think of you, I think of that time that you did this thing to me and, 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 and you just, you always want to annoy me and you, you're always in my way and I never want you around. And I, you know, these things that can poison and, and get into sibling relationships, like we, it, it helps you deal with the negative that's going to come because none, the, no kids are perfect. You're going to have the negative that you have to work through and deal with. But if you've got a foundation of connection and positive good that they that they have positive memories with each other, then it, it's going to be something like I want to get rid of the bad stuff because, man, look at all the good connection that I have. And I want to protect that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So um, so just again, first casting vision, families forever. So make the investment. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, second of all, uh, finding common pursuit it doesn't have to be something profound. It can just be music or a movie night tradition, something like that. Um, third foundation stone we want to lay, and then we're going to get into a bunch of practical things um, that we do. But the third foundation stone is 
and this is something we tell our kids all the time is we live from values, not from emotions. And the thing is emotions yell at you. <laughs> They're like, feel me and do what I say, you know, like, sorry, Amy. Um, <laughs> if you're just listening to this, I was shaking my wife gently. Um, but, um, <laughs> But, but that's what emotions are like. Like it feels so true and it feels so real and it feels so compelling and it drives us to behavior. But if this is you have one of your kids who has been intentionally annoying and poking the buttons of another sibling and they act out of that annoyance or that hurt and they and just like the phrase goes, hurt people, hurt people. They lash out. They they it, take the invitation th to the fight, and, and they go and attend the fight and have a fight with their sibling. Well, now you've got two hurt people, and and so it it can start this cycle where you hurt me, so I hurt you, but then I hurt you back, and I'm like, well, who hurt? Who started it? It doesn't even matter anymore. You're both wrong, and um, and so this is where we we talk to our kids all the time. And I want to encourage you, you don't have to wait until your kids are older to explain this to them. This can be like, they are it's still in basically infant stage when you can start re start uh, training in these mindsets. And as soon as you can have con basic, basic conversations with them, things like, yes, I know you want that toy, but you aren't a thief. You are a prince. And um, and a prince doesn't steal. A prince is generous. A prince knows that you're okay. You don't need that toy. You can be content with this one. Um, or yes, I know he hurt you, but does that make it right for you to hit hurt him back? Uh, like, isn't that doing the same wrong that he just did? If it was wrong for him to do it, isn't it wrong for you to do it too? And just because he acted like a bad guy doesn't mean you go act like a bad guy also because you are a prince. And so you make identity and truth and values the standard for behavior instead of emotion. And, uh, and you can hold that standard from a very young age. You can keep them accountable to it, discipline around it, call them to it. It's another, we cast the vision and cast it and cast it and cast it. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I just want to throw a, another little thought in here is, um, you know, it actually takes parent involvement. <laughs> um, I remember I used to work in a daycare center and a parent actually told me this story. He was saying, you know, I know I got to get better at this, but sometimes, you know, my, my son will come to me and say, my, my daughter did this, you know, my daughter hit my daughter, the, the sister, the sister hit the brother. And this was the dad's response. Well, go hit her back <laughs> because that solves anything. And he was confessing that he understood that wasn't the right response. But you guys, our kids are going to actually need us to shepherd them through things. And as annoying as it is, as 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 inconvenient, inconvenient, it'll never it is, be at the right time. No, like we have to start when they're young, teaching them the skills to how do you respond in these situations? And it's not right to just hit them back because that just doesn't lead to healthy uh, humanity over time. Right. <laughs> but and again, it's it's not responding with your like 
you know, all of us have done this, like, oh my gosh, I've told you this a thousand times, you know, and then sometimes we want to start name calling our kids and putting labels or like, you know, you're always the little brat. You're always the little sass. Why you got to steal thing, you know, like that. But, but as we retrain ourselves, and then we enter into the conversations with our kids and I tell you, it's a lot of conversations and we say the same things over and over and over, but I promise you, I promise you, it will get into them yes. because they've heard it enough times and they've seen it enough times and then they've done it enough times that pretty soon it becomes the pattern that they live by. Yeah. And so just taking the time to actually say it and say it again sometimes. Yeah. And honestly, we could do a whole episode just on this one principle yeah. because not living from emotions, but living from values, like eventually those emotions are going to be a sex drive. And they're going to have hormones raging in their body that are saying, I've got to do this and I want to have sex and I want to be, be active in that, in that world realm of things. And, and yet we understand there's a, a, a design to intimacy and, and just having sex is not the point. It's actually about building intimacy and that takes choosing who you're going to be intimate with out of a value system, not just out of your, out of your hormones. And, um, and there's so many other things like, Hey, I, my boss was really mean to me today. I want to spout off on him, but you choose not to because, and, and just, there's so many different things, so many different layers and levels of where this is going to bring blessing to your kids' lives. If you teach them and train them, you restrain their behavior from, from, living out of their emotions and you guide them into living from truth and values instead. Um, so, yeah. So, um, the last thing on this, uh, piece of this, because again, we're, we're stating the positive because we want to give you positive action you can take, but obviously in the, in the process of this, your kids are still going to have fights and there's still going to be things that you got to help them work through. And, uh, and so when this happens in our home, just what we do, you're not saying that we, we, you know, whatever, this is one area where I think we do pretty well, but, um, uh, we just, we never let them leave things broken. Like never, <laughs> we never let them leave if things you broken. Made a mess, you if, clean up the mess. <laughs> exactly. If you made a mess, you clean We're it not up. I'm not talking about toys. I'm talking about emotions. I'm talking <laughs> about emotions and the mess you made of that relationship. You broke trust. What are you going to do to start rebuilding it and show that you are trustworthy and you are safe? And, you know, um, because what you, the way you treated your brother right there, or you treated your sister, you just showed that you don't care about them. You care more about your fun than you do about your relationship. So what are you going to do to show it that you actually do care about the relationship and the connection that you want to have with them? Um, so there is always an I'm sorry, please forgive me, and an I forgive you. Those three phrases must always be said in any conflict. I'm sorry, please forgive me, I forgive you. And, um, you know... Um, also, it, it, we're talking about we don't live from emotions, but that doesn't mean that we, we're telling our kids they've got to just wall off, shut down, bottle up, stuff, 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 stuff. It's not that either. Actually, all of this is trying to train our kids towards a healthy outlet and healthy confrontation yeah. saying, um, you know, th there is a healthy way to confront someone and there are many unhealthy ways to confront someone. Yeah. 
And so usually what this looks like for us is um, we train our kids. We say, hey, what you're doing is hurting me. Please stop. Um, and that that should be enough because they care about you. So they should listen. Yeah. And But then we say, if your words don't work, come get mine or come get ours. Um, because then we will come use our words. And if they don't listen to our words, well, now we have the authority to actually do something about it. Um, our kids don't have that authority. They just have relational authority. We have parental authority and that's totally different. And we teach a lot to honor each other's words, honor each other's boundaries. Like, Hey, if they're doing this, like, what is the fruit of you continuing to break that down? Is that getting you where you want to go? Or is that the opposite direction of where you want to go? Right. And all of our kids really do want to have relationship with each other. And so we work hard um, having those conversations and teaching them how to have those conversations with right. each other. They're really good now about like, wait, you're violating my boundaries. And then the other kid's like, Oh, you know, like we hear this all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. You're violating my boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> and just helping but, them see like, yeah, you're getting the short term fun that you want right now, the yeah. cheap thrill, but what is it costing you? And there is a cost to all those choices that eat away at your connection and your relationship and just helping them recognize um, wisdom in relationships in those in that way. Yeah. So super quick, um, three things, the three kind of foundation stones that we talked about was the common pursuit, living from values, not emotions, teaching our kids to, to do that. And then, um, not leaving it broken forgiveness and, and honoring each other's words. So again, let's talk about some just really practical things that we've found in our family that have worked to help our kids actually like and enjoy each other and, and have good relationship. Um, the first thing is we, when our kids were little, each of them had a Kindle and they had really limited time on that because they were little, like we're talking toddlers, maybe six and under or seven and under. So and, it's like 15 uh, minutes a day. Yeah. 15 maybe. minutes a day, maybe 10 minutes a day. And we established something called Kindle time, which was if anyone was caught doing something kind to each other or a brother or sister could nominate another sibling for Kindle time, they got an extra five minutes of Kindle time a day. And so we would actually make a little chart. And if somebody found somebody doing something good, like, hey, I wanted that toy, but they they had it and then they just gave it over to me or they gave they me shared. the they shared, they gave the last thing, you know, they just treated somebody kindly. They could nominate each other to have the extra five minutes. And I loved what this did because it motivated them to be kind, to go the extra mile to be kind more time. because they wanted more time. But it also trained the other ones to see and to like, oh, to look, look at look at the good. They were always looking for good. And yeah. so that was really a powerful tool that we installed in our kids when they were young so that they could see what was good. Um, right. So we also, every now and then we just, especially when we find there's been a lot of bickering lately, we'll just start putting a curb to it um, by every night before, as we're doing our bedtime routine, we'll have them do compliments. And so it's the very similar, like just without the, <laughs> the incentive of extra Kindle time. Um, but, but the incentive is they, they have found that they feel really good, not just when they receive compliments, but when they give them mm -hmm. and we let them compliment themselves as well. So if there's things that they feel like they are doing well, they're able to brag on themselves, um, yes. which we're all for us loving ourselves well too. So, um, 
Yeah. So we need compliments. Because when you feel better about yourself, you actually love other people That's right. more There's too. Better and so we just, you know, yeah. and then again, we take the extra minute or two to talk about the way that they felt before compliments happened and the way that they felt after compliments happened yeah. so that they're making the association like, hey, when I'm actually doing this, it builds me up. All of so, that is just about retraining the brain. The brain. It's all brain science. Yep. Um, we'll talk to them about generational values, uh, like investing in kids who are younger than you or honoring those who are older than you. Um, Nehemiah, when he was like five, there was an older boy at church who was, I think, around 12 at the time. Mm -hmm. And he would bring Legos to church. And it, we were like it, way there early. And um, and he would share Legos and even sometimes give an extra guy to Nehemiah. And it was it just blew Nehemiah's world away in awesome ways because of that kindness. So we've tried to help build those connections between our kids, too. Yeah, Natalie says, so good. Notice how you feel when someone compliments you. Yes. yes. And then it just becomes the habit and flow that they have for each other also. Um, just jumping on what Nathaniel said too about talking about that generational and having the older kids work with the younger kids. You know, we still do this with our kids. In fact, like last summer, Nehemiah had a checklist and he had to spend 30 minutes investing in a younger sibling before he could go off and do X, Y, Z. Um, and, you know, Adoniah, I just posted about this yesterday, teaching Ezra how to cook, you know, and, and she has actually taken her other brothers and taught them how to make multi meal and things like that. So, so we've set up through the years, this system of really like invest into each other and not just be self-absorbed, self-absorbed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just real quick, some of the other things I'm going to kind of fire these off fairly quickly. Um, but letting our kids have sleepovers with each other. The funny Some thing nights. is they sleep in the same room anyway, but then they're like, can we have a sleepover? And we're like, what's the difference? You share a room. But the difference is during a sleepover, they stay up like an hour later and they play games with each other before they go to bed. Now, here's one of the beauty of homeschool. They don't always just have to do it on a Friday night or a Saturday yeah. night. They can do it more often. So we do allow sleepovers. And that's just such a good bonding time right before bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Co-creating, like that they create things together. Um that can be all kinds of things that they create together. Our kids have this game they do both with each other and with some friends who live up north called Forbidden Heroes. It's massive. I, I won't even get started trying to explain it. But it's like a creative book or fairy tale story that they're creating with each other and they've become these characters. And so they can um, bond with each other through that process. Right. Yeah. Um, Amy mentioned baking together, building tree forts. Or you Our know, kids that have kind of a thing whole together. system out in the woods of right. tree forts and the the general store and the different houses and things. Yeah, so. the bridge <laughs> over the little stream, um, videos that they make together. Um, they they make videos together with their stuffed animals and their Mario plushies um, that they post on YouTube. Um, playing together, uh, like playing literally like board games. We have intentionally cultivated a large stock of a variety of games that they can play together and we'll a lot of mornings especially in summertime we'll come downstairs um 
or come in from whatever we were doing and see uh, see kids playing games together. Yeah, and you guys, this is actually just part of our culture that we intentionally created is that every once in a while we just, you know what? Like we don't spend very much time at all on a TV. Like like we really in our evenings, like no, after dinner, we're gonna read and color or we're gonna play video games or we're gonna, you know, do some co-creating, things like that. Like we've cultivated that so that our kids aren't like, let's just sit in front of the TV at the end of every day. But then this, this playing games has gotten into them and now they get up and they're like, Hey, let's play a game. And it's right. just, it adds to the good momentum in, in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last couple items, just meals together. Seriously, don't underestimate the power of sharing food together. It breaks down walls. It creates connection. It's just, it connects hearts. It's good. Um, praying for each other. Like your family goes through stuff. So like actually show compassion. Just have your family gather around, lay hands on somebody who's hurt, pray for them. Um, or when they're going on a trip or if they have a speaking engagement, we look for opportunities to, yep. on purpose to pray for each other. Yep. And uh, lastly, morning snuggles has <laughs> been just something that we've had with our kids since they were babies and we'd get them out of the crib and they'd snuggle into us then. And it's still a thing now that, you know, the first time I see a kid every day, I go and I intentionally give them a hug. And um, super fun. We saw this little note like that you need eight um, hugs a day to really 12. do well, 12, if you really want to thrive. And so we talked this over with our kids and, and we're talking about how many times we need to hug each other a day or whatever, but it, it's kind of funny because my kids are all really snuggly anyway, because that's again, the culture that we've built. And now I see my kids like taking the responsibility on themselves to snuggle each other every day to hug, to snuggle, to touch. They're often sitting like practically on top of each other on the couch or, you know, sharing um, beds. They wrestle like boys, especially. Say, like sometimes snuggles look like wrestling, <laughs> you know, um, but, but just cultivating that um, hugging and, and physical touch, good, healthy, physical touch. And now yeah. our kids do it. And it's just, again, one of the ways that we create momentum for siblings to get along. Yep. And with that, I think we're going to sign off. Sorry, we went just a little bit long today, but I hope that you guys found this very helpful. And just a reminder, you can find it on YouTube or on our website, homemadefamily.com. So why don't you let us know which of those practical connection things uh, is your favorite? Which one do you think is going to be most helpful for your family? Um, give us some feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear um, your stories about your family too. So yeah, what you found that really helps your kids get along well. Yeah. And anything that you've done that's not on our list, we'd love to have your ideas. Thank you. Dave Champion says so good. All right. Well, you guys, we will see you next week, Friday. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.